0: get the feeling that life is speeding up around you? Do you ever feel under pressure to pull yourself together and keep moving forward? Or maybe it's time you didn't. Maybe for just a moment we can convince you to stop. You can't do everything, you're only human. For the next hour, we're going to be exploring what it means to be only human, what it takes to embrace our humanity and why it's better to be well than to be a winner. Only human, only on 4ZZZ.
1: That's right. You're listening to Only Human on 4Triple Z and Z Digital. And today on Only Human, I'm Nathan. I'm uh, joined by Ian Kerr from the uh, Paradigm Shift, which is a show on Fridays on Triple Z. G'day Ian. Hello
2: Nathan. Hello everyone. And Ian, you've just come from the British consulate in Brisbane. That's right. There's a picket outside there right now. There's a a rally of types that is going to go on there from now till two o'clock. There's a number of speakers at that rally. So I'm encouraging people if they're on their lunch hour to go Mm. down there. We'll give some coverage of what's happening as we go along in the next hour. It's the first day of the extradition hearing in the British court's for Julian Assange to be sent to the United States where people feel he won't get a fair trial. Um, The people are down there speaking out against that extradition and asking for more support from Australia and the Australian government. Mm. So... The speakers today will be um, former Senator Andrew Bartlett, a solidarity activist, Adele Goldie, and a former anti-war prisoner of the USA, Kieran O'Reilly, anti-war activist, Dean Jeffries, and a refugee advocate, Father Pancras Jordan, plus music. I think for at lunchtime to go down there and just to see what's happening, get a bit of an insight into Mm. what really is an important part of our democracy, that people be able, whether they be citizen journalists or they be more mainstream journalists, be able to publish what governments are doing. Absolutely. And but where is the British Consulate? It's at 100 Eagle Street. I found, I had trouble finding it myself. Yeah. It's virtually directly opposite the The Stock Exchange.
1: Okay, and so you've been there this morning and you met some of the
2: organisers or
1: or speakers? Yes, yes.
2: I did an interview with Kieran O'Reilly and he's got an interesting take on it, which would be good to play that. But before we do that, perhaps we should give a bit of an idea of what's actually happening in the UK, and Julian's father has been on the phone overnight to John Jiggins from Bay FM. It'd be good to play that and get a bit of an insight into how the campaign is shaping up.
1: All right, let's go to that now. This is John Jiggins with...
3: When we last spoke, you were off to your BBC interview. How did all that go? Foreign Press Association meeting was tremendous. There was uh, 22 camera teams. A full house standing room only and after the event uh, we was all swamped with interviews then we traveled to Belmarsh and again there were ten camera crews there waiting for us uh, after we visited Julian and they took some good interviews particularly good interview from Andrew Wilkie home um, the court case hearing was this afternoon a maintenance hearing the QC for Julian, Edward Fitzgerald, mentioned was having a lot of trouble getting Julian to go through uh, all of the uh, evidence, and he gave uh, an example. That example was when Senator Rorabucca visited Julian in the embassy and suggested a deal this was a year after a year after trump was elected the deal was that julian say mm-hmm. russia had nothing to do with, with the dnc leaks and that was mentioned in uh, court today which has caused a worldwide media storm mm-hmm. the actual fact that rorabaka did visit uh, julian in the embassy in 2017 and offered a, a deal. The tide has turned and it's in full flood at the moment, but our opponents are fighting back. You have to be cognizant of the fact that Rorabaka's visit was in 2017, well after the election. What they are, our opponents are doing is putting the Rorabaka visit before 2016, or in 2016, before the election, which is not true. John, you had the demonstration in London on the weekend there. How did that go? Uh,
4: it was a, a very, very good march. Uh, we marched from Australia House to Parliament Square and there were about a 1,000 people and the crowd reaction on either side of the road was very positive. The march was led by Kristen Hannafson, Roger Waters, myself, Janice, and Vivian Westwood. We were in the front row and marched uh, down to Parliament Square where each of us Mm -hmm. gave a speech. The crowd was very attentive. There were about 20 cameras there. Chrissy Hines sang a very moving song. The day before, I was in Vienna where I saw some people who were putting on a protest today and also somebody in the Viennese Foreign Affairs Department. The day before that, we were in Paris where we had a press conference, about 30 cameras. The room was full to overflowing, no standing room, nobody, the doors were locked, Full of journalists, uh, writers and so on. And that was a presser for the uh, new French lawyer and for Balthazar Garzon, the Spanish lawyer. That was very successful. Myself and the family, my brother, Gabriel, Julian's brother, next you meet and we will all meet outside
3: the court at 9 a.m we're having a demonstration in Brisbane today outside the UK embassy is there anything you'd like to say to encourage people to come to that
4: yes you know the wave of support is us it is us just going and speaking to each other and going along to these demos or rallies or manifestations or vigil. This causes the government to understand in Australia that the support for Julian is very strong and deep. and please get along and give your very, very best. <music>
0: Pongo latido Para respirar Haces distancia Pongo latido
2: Uh, that was jumping fences with distancia y latido which of course means distance and yearning i thought it'd be a nice thing there for julian is obviously yearning to get out of that bloody belmarsh prison and maybe back home i know his dad wants him to get back that was quite a good um, interview that john jiggins from our sister station down there in byron bay bay fm and john has been do, handling the media side of this so that gives us a bit of an idea of what's going on in the uk and now locally it'd be good if we can cross to this interview i did this morning at the picket outside 100 eagle street in brisbane there's a rally going on there now and i talked to Derek, a, a local person Obviously with an English accent and quite interesting insights into what's going on, what's behind the persecution of Julian Assange.
5: Okay, here's Derek. What's your name? My name's Derek
2: Spice. I'm from Radio 4 Z. Why are you here today, Derek?
5: I'm here to stand for the freedoms that we are all supposed to represent individually specifically that Julian Assange has been treated despicably badly over a period of about seven or eight years. His treatment has amounted to torture at times and has been tortured at other times. And it's high time that the, um, the voice of the world was heard in terms of uh, the freedoms that we all expect to be able to enjoy. I detect an accent there. What do you think the UK ch- government oh, yeah. will do? I've no idea, but with Boris Johnson in power, I, I, I really don't trust it and he's as right wing as right wing could possibly be and i do i i I don't think that uh, he will serve the interests of assange as well as the other party would have done had they got in a
2: u.s senator offered julian a deal but trump repudiated that saying that that deal wasn't on the table do you think that's a way out for Julian
5: Assange? That's um, a matter that uh, that really speaks to the fact that the crime is not that great. It's a political issue. It's to set an example, and it's to defeat all of the freedoms that the press are supposed to enjoy worldwide. I read a um, document
2: that said, as part of the negotiations with the US senator, there would be a possibility of redacting the names of CIA agents in various countries like Afghanistan and Iraq. Maybe that is um, a fairly big gambling chip uh, for people supporting Assange.
5: Uh, yes, uh, I, mean, I, I would imagine that would be the case. Uh, and uh, whether that was included in the, in that deal or not is uh, subject of uh, uh, will, will probably become apparent. But I, I don't think that. Uh, I think that, that everything points to the fact that the crime is not that serious, uh, in fact there is no crime actually, and they're fighting that there will be found to be no crime.
2: But there are lives at stake, I mean, implied in that, when yes. you have That's right. contending, not that I'm coming out in favour of CIA yeah, agents, apart that, from yeah. it, but, yeah. but if they are operating undercover in countries where the US is heavily involved militarily, there's a, there's a lot of lives at
5: stake. There that? could be lives at stake and but I seriously believe that um, Assange has shown over years that he's not going to put lives at risk in that way. And I don't believe he would do I'm yes. very to do so yeah. I mean he was certainly instrumental in getting um, Snowden out of Hong Kong and up and, and, and into Russia. So yeah. Assange is not the self-centred person that a lot of people try to portray. Yeah. He's in fact after the good of humanity. And it, uh, it's important for humanity that his rights are protected and that he is made um, a free it again.
2: And what about Chelsea Manning? She refused to give evidence and therefore she's back in the slammer. Um, she's shown real grit there. Um, Now, the US has got that strange rule that if you refuse to give evidence, they just put you in a a hole until you do. Um, So how do you feel she's going to fare in all of this?
5: Well, I mean, she's obviously quite the most extraordinary person to put herself after the uh, safety and health of um, Julian Assange. And I hope that Jean Assange would do the same for her. And I think it speaks to the integrity of these people, who are, who are vilified so widely by, or, by the politicians. They, they have a huge integrity themselves, and I think that speaks to that integrity. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add, Derek? Well, I mean, yes, I'm an old man. I'm 81 years of age. And i look looking pretty good. Well, thank you. <laughs> but I stand I stand for humanity and it's humanity that's at stake here in the, in the bigger picture. There's no question of any doubt and it's very very encouraging to see how many people are standing for Julian. I think it will make governments think twice and I I don't think the struggle will get, be given up even if he is extradited. Which I pray and hope that he isn't. Thanks a lot eh? Thank you. <laughs> uh,
1: so that was live. A short time ago, uh, outside the UK consulate in Brisbane, where um, Ian was talking with a fellow from
2: England called Derek. He made a very interesting point there about Assange in that Assange, Chelsea Manning and Edward Snowden, they've all really been lumped in the same group as revealing US secrets about their their warmongering. Mm. And um, it was an interesting comment there that he said that really Assange did help Snowden. And interestingly, Chelsea Manning is trying to help Assange by not giving any evidence before the the committee in the US that wants to try him. Mm. Re- really, it's all sort of happening at the moment. Um, Julian Assange is in chains in Belmarsh. It's a Unusual place, a belmarsh prison. It's uh, sort of got a connecting tunnel to these courts. A belmarsh prison was a place where they, of all people, they kept the great train robber Ronnie Biggs, and also suspected IRA te- terrorists. So um, they've got a high security operation going there, and they've got a a, um, a magistrate who looks like she wants to extradite him to the United States. Mm. So, for a real understanding, we should really go to Kieran O'Reilly,
1: mm-hmm. who's
2: an anti-war activist. He'll be speaking probably right now. He, he gives a, an insightful look at where Julian's chances lie and, and maybe if we listen to what he has to say, it'll, it'll help. Okay. Good morning, Kieran. So, what's the object of today?
6: Primarily solidarity and also putting pressure on the British government. This is the representation of the British government in Brisbane as their consul here at uh, 100 Eagle Street. Uh, there's been a lot of media
2: exposure both here in Europe and in the UK for Julian. Of course, the media is controlled by other forces. Yeah. Is the media exposure enough?
6: Well, I was at his original court appearance in December 2010 in London, and uh, then, at, then at Woolwich in the February of 2011. And the media really was of presidential proportions. I'd, I'd never seen a media pack like that since I'd encountered George Bush Sr. in Iowa in the late 80s. So the media, it was a huge media story 10 years ago, and it's kind of died out, and they kind of uh, give it attention with court appearances. And I guess it's the end game in terms of the extradition uh, starting now. So I think the, um, the mainstream media are kind of collecting around it again to, you know, <laughs> They're probably hoping to see an execution. Yeah.
2: I listened to an interview with John Shepton, Julian's father. He said there was a very encouraging march in London over the weekend.
5: Yeah.
2: Who's doing the work on the ground? Who's, who's behind the organising of this?
6: Well, it's... I think the... Uh, It's always been pretty small in London. And uh, obviously on Saturday there was a certain amount of celebrity support, like Roger Waters from Pink Floyd and Chrissy Hine, and that kind of brings up the numbers a bit. Um, Considering 1.5 million people marched in London against the war that Chelsea Manning and Julian Assange are in prison for exposing, the numbers are pretty small in London. I mean, I'm more of a pessimist than John probably, but... um, you know, it's, it's outrageous that people like Amnesty International and Stop the War Coalition, who are really well-paid and overpaid in England, have done very little for anti-war resistors and for people like uh, Julian and Chelsea Manning. So, people, you know, who are paid well or haven't been doing their jobs, and uh, it's been left to people like us with minimal resources, you know. Okay, celebrity,
2: that's one thing. Now, other parts of organisation, includes what you're trying to do
6: here. Well, well, yeah, he's got a very strong legal team. Like He's got Gareth okay. Pierce, who freed the Guildford Four, Birmingham Six, Maguire Seven, a lot of Irish people who are framed. He kept a lot of people out of Guantanamo and got them back from Guantanamo. And she's a major solicitor and then a, you know, a pretty good uh, legal team. So, obviously, his client... Um, solicit a client lawyer confidentiality or privilege or whatever it's called has been totally smashed by the spanish security firm uh bugging the embassy and bugging all his legal meetings so there is no way that he can have a fair trial in the united states you know whenever you watch an american movie they're always going on about client lawyer confidentiality and that's smashed it's gone and so the thing should be dropped immediately and get, i'm
2: sure they'll be arguing that this week will he get a fair trial in the uk
6: no, no, it's a magistrate's hearing and uh, the woman running it is her husband's ex-Tory minister and very deep in the arms trade. So, you know, these are, these are institutions that WikiLeaks has exposed. So how she's still sitting on this case is pretty amazing. Where he may have a chance at the appeal court level. I, you know, I, I assume he'll lose the magistrate's court. Um, so he's got a week this week and then he's got three weeks in May And then whoever wins that, if the defence wins, the prosecution will appeal. I mean, hopefully he'll get bail at that point, if that's the case. And uh, if the prosecution wins, uh, uh, the WikiLeaks people will appeal. So this will drag out for another two or three years in England, I think.
2: The defence team pointed out that the magistrate, the very same magistrate, refused to extradite extradite some Indian uh, people. Yeah. British, British citizens who are up on murder charges. Right. Now, there is a real contradiction of refusal.
6: Because uh, they are going to get life without parole in India, yeah? Yes. I mean, it's also a big contradiction at the moment is uh, the killing of a young 70-year-old English lad on a motorcycle by a woman uh, who's leaving a US military base, obviously on the wrong side of the road. She was driving the American side of the road. And uh, she just left and uh, she's ex-CIA, I believe, and uh, married to someone in the military. So she was supposed to turn up to court in England and she fled to the States and they're not going to extradite her back for killing a 17-year-old, you know? So, um, that family of that 17-year-old has come out today saying that Julian Assange should not be extradited, that all extradition should, should cease, you know? Um, it's, it's I mean, the, what the Brits have done around Julian for 10 long years is, uh, is an act of subservience, you know. There's no neutrality. You now, the, the way they invaded Iraq when most English people opposed the war and uh, was, you know, they're willing to follow whatever America says. You know.
2: Just on a broader question, you're a child of the anti-war movement. You came out of the anti-Iranian movement. And we're seeing that young people today are doing as much, if not more, about uh, climate justice. So, do
6: you see some hope there? Yeah, I mean, I was impressed by the militancy of Extinction Rebellion. You know, that was not matched by the anti war movement in Australia or England uh, in 2003, you know. So, but you know, as we both know, Ian, that when you confront the state, um, it can come back and hit you in all sorts of ways. So, I mean, I really hope these young people uh, learn from the past and and have a strong sense of solidarity with those facing the courts and those in jail. Great. Thanks.
1: So you're listening to Only Human, 4Triple Z and Zed Digital. And before that, we heard an interview with Kieran O'Reilly at the UK Consulate in Brisbane uh, with uh, Ian from the Paradigm Shift. So I believe uh, Kieran is there now.
2: Yes, uh, he seems to have a bit of a predilection for consulates, Kieran, because he spent the last ten years in the outside the Ecuadorian Consulate in England. In England, he's virtually kept watch there. Uh, trying to support a fellow Queenslander. Interesting parallel there. Uh, Kieran is really a child of the anti-war movement and... So so too, in a way, is Julian. Julian was born in 1971 in, in Townsville. His mum was sort of a free spirit. A friend of mine met her at University of Queensland in those days. And, of course, the anti-war movement was very strong, the anti-Vietnam War movement. And also there was a lot of activity against apartheid from South Africa. Mm. There was a touring rugby team. And so there was a lot happening. And both those people coming from this place ended up in... U.S. and U.K. jails for activities against war. I think, you know, that's an interesting development and I'd just like to read out one of the speakers at today's rally is um, former Senator for Queensland, Andrew Bartlett, and he says it's time for every Queensland member of Parliament to speak out in support of Julian Assange's basic rights and the essential principle of supporting journalists and publishers who are brave enough to expose the activities and misdeeds of government. When I was in the Senate last year, it was deeply disappointing to see so few politicians willing to stand up and be counted by speaking out in support of Julian Assange. Currently, George Christensen is the only Queensland MP to be part of the Julian Assange support group. Why are the rest still staying in the background and keeping their heads down, said Andrew Bartlett. So, good point. Yep. he's... So, you know, if you're a Queensland MP or you're a politician or you're a friend of a politician, they should be coming out now because it's crunch time. The guy can spend the rest of his life in jail or worse, in the the US.
1: Yes. So, we were at uh, an event in December, um, where, um, Julian's father, John Shipton, spoke, um, and we have a recording of that, that was, um,
2: well-attended meeting. Very well-attended, yeah. Yes. Quite surprising, actually. Mm. It seems like there's grassroots support, but there's not, it's, the top is not really pulling their weight. Mm same old story so so this
1: um it, this uh, audio is uh, a, a couple of months old and but uh, there were a couple of journalists there from the independent um michelle piny and yeah. dave donovan so we'll hear those voices
7: yeah thank you very much for coming uh, julian is in a, a dire circumstance um, He's lost 15 uh, kilos of weight. Very skinny now. He's uh, in, in solitary confinement, sort of, like 22 hours a day. Um, he, whenever he, whenever I go to visit or anybody goes to visit, the hallways are cleared and Julian is brought down in, through empty, long, empty hallways into the meeting room. Um, there's about, usually about a hundred other and their visitors in the meeting room. You, there's cameras everywhere in the ceiling and uh, each prisoner wears a band. Um, you have to speak like this so that you can't be lit, lit red if you have, want to exchange private information. You know, if I ask Julian, how are you? Um, or any other personal information, you know, his children or so on. So, after nearly 10 years of ceaseless psychological pressure in an increasing intensity and trajectory in the last two years, where every single move and voice and action he made in the embassy, every single one, Nothing. Some of the toilets, everything, the ladies' toilet had microphones in it because uh, the lawyers and Julian would occasionally have their uh, conferences there so that they wouldn't be overheard. But uh, they installed a microphone behind the uh, paper towel. So you can imagine the effect of that year after year. And towards the very end, rude and aggressive security men. Uh, Lawyers are given permission to visit and sent away. um, Food forgotten to be delivered, it's their responsibility to feed him, he can't go out. Uh, He had an abscess on his tooth. uh, His lawyers wrote to the UK government that could he cross their land to go to the dentist base if you come outside, you'll be arrested, so you can just get, you know, a picture of the ceaseless persecution in particular, in particular delicate ways that to in under detailed ways. After for to be arraigned for miscarriage of justice.
1: Julian uh, breached his bail conditions and sought refuge in the Ecuadorian embassy. Um, Now that, um, you know, the change of government there, uh, he was handed over to the British authorities. Does Julian feel it was worth it to, you know, staying in the Ecuadorian embassy all that time? Because it was...
7: There was uh, fairly poor conditions there as I understand. In the ten years Julian never complained once. I went there every Christmas for two weeks and of course quite a lot lately. Not once did he complain or moan about his situation or how heavy the burden was. So I don't know whether he thinks it's worth it. As far as I can see from the outside. His resolve is undermined.
4: So Julian faces extradition to the US and 175 years in prison, as I understand it, if found guilty of all charges. What is his greatest fear?
7: Well, naturally, he's uh, horrified part going to jail in the United States. we being in Virginia. Specialist expert reports um, that we that the lawyers have commissioned describe jail situations and the powers of the jailers, the prison governors, and the powers of the prosecutors to place him wherever they see fit, wherever they want. So. He
2: is horrified at that circumstance, as I am. Okay, that was John Shipton just uh, last year talking about what's going on with Julian Assange. Um, I'd just like to read out now a brief statement by Dean Jeffries, who's an anti-war activist, and he's speaking at outside the UK consulate now. That's at 100 Eagle Street. That um, that forum is going till 2, but they will be there all afternoon, they they they're having a vigil there for you know really all week. Um, so if people want to go along and get some of their material, uh, have a chat with the organisers, you know, feel free to do that. But this Dean Jeffries, he, he he says a very interesting thing. He said he he went to the international peace camps uh, both in in Iraq in 1991 and again in 2001. Remember that. There was a, a quite a lot of action um, trying to be like a human shield against the American excesses in Iraq. And this is what Dean Jeffrey says. When he was in Iraq, I met many Iraqi parents who lost their children in this bogus war. America's justification to go to war with Iraq was that Saddam had we- weapons of mass destruction. Everyone now knows that that was an elaborate, fabricated lie. Yet the US, Australian and UK governments have put revenge of a whistleblower over justice, rule of law, a free press and real democracy. Our politicians, including Prime Ministers Morrison, Gillard, Turnbull, have all betrayed Julian Assange and by doing so have endangered free press worldwide and may cause our... Australian hero to die in an American jail. This is unacceptable and Australian and UK politicians have to stand up for its citizens and what is right and not just be the lapdogs for the the US government. So, strong words there, but fair enough. Thanks, Ian. So, the British Consulate, uh,
1: 100 Eagle Street.
2: 100 Eagle Street, just near where Queen Street meets it. And, um, we will have updates on the paradigm shift. This week we're doing local government as a series, mm-hmm. um, but we will we'll try to keep people informed about what's going on. And then next week, when the, our news crew gets back together, uh, we'll make sure that they're fully informed about what's going on there. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for Only Human for allowing me to come. <laughs> That's right.
1: Only Human on 4ZZZ and Z Digital.